Yes. Making a reveal. Making a reveal. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Rank and Review. This week I'm going to look at six subtitled scares. Six films from foreign countries that are going to try and get under my skin. My guest this week is the lovely and talented Ashley Patch. Um, and uh, I think we got an interesting crop of movies to discuss this week. As usual, I will warn my listeners that there is going to be some spoilers, and there's probably going to be some coarse language. But let's all try to be grown-ups about this. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. My name is Larry Parsons, your host and running Canadian. those levels bounce. So welcome to episode 22 of Rank and Review with my very special guest star, and I hope I say this right now, <laughs> Ashley Pachowski. Ashley Pachkowski. You Pachkowski. You're a lot closer than most people get. Son of bitch bastard. I apologize. <laughs> so, is no this problem. is the second guest that I've invited to my show as a dear friend to do this, and I have said their name wrong in the introduction, so uh, I apologize. Um, yes, we are mutual friends from the theater world in yeah. Saskatoon. And um, you have selected subtitled scares. I have. <laughs> uh, you enjoy reading your movie? or uh... I, I enjoy reading my movie. I needed something really different to do and uh, something that would focus my attention. So I figured, you know, if I have to read and watch at the same time, then I will give this, you know, you my, to... my full mind power. <laughs> and gosh, did that work out. So, so yeah. I'm really... And, yeah. I have reviewed a handful of uh, you know subtitled films for the show already, but this is definitely the first time we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to it. And uh, I've got happily all of these were subtitled for me to some degree so of success or others. Mm -hmm. I know some of the English was a little unelegant in the Tale of Two Sisters. I noticed a few times, but uh, <laughs> but there was so much else going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, th I don't think too much was lost in the translation, though. I think that a lot of these movies, there is an element of mystery anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of it being a foreign film. It's a matter of it being sort of a challenging one, which I like. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it was an excuse to revisit Pan's Labyrinth, as we discussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very different mix of movies, although you would see a thread of commonalities. We've got a... Guillermo del Toro connection in two of them. We've got three sort of zombie movies and then a couple of ghosty numbers. And, and there's all a real sense of mystery. Like, none of them ever spell out exactly what was going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, different genres are being approached here out of different perspectives. Um, it's interesting, uh, 
almost the only thing that they have in common is that they're subtitled films <laughs> yeah. in that way. It's that broad a concept. Uh, hopefully Rick's going to be coming back soon and he's going to do documentaries with me, Ooh. which was originally a list that I, I, I put it as a, as a maybe something to consider, but mm -hmm. then I thought like every documentary in the world qualifies, basically. I yeah. just opened up a window that's like, how do you... So <laughs> I maybe needed to narrow it down a little bit more specifically. Did you find it hard to rank them? Um... Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I I know that I ranked them, and I didn't write it down, so oh. that's going to be oh, okay. a little bit fun. Do you, need a, do you need a pen? Do you need some scribbling time before we do the ranks today? We can we can give you uh, more time. Let's let's jump in. Let's talk about them, okay. and uh, that'll that'll refresh my feelings. Well, let's refresh the six movies that we're going to talk about today. The aforementioned Pan's Labyrinth from Guillermo del Toro, sort of a modern fairy tale, but not for the kids. Leave the kids at home. <laughs> Leave the kids at home for Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Wreck 2. Did I introduce you to the world of Wreck with these? Uh, uh, you, you seen them no, you, you off... I, I had not seen Wreck uh, or Wreck 2. You sent me home with both. Yeah. I just watched Wreck 2 because I felt like I knew what was going on. Yeah. It, it no. grabs so fast. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think it's something that you could watch without seeing the original, but I having can, the original helps sometimes. I can confirm that you can watch that one by itself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is sort of your... Uh, Force perspective, found footage mm -hmm. style horror movie. Um, the uh, intensely frightening and challenging uh, tale of two sisters. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> Had you seen that before? Or I was that new? Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, we'll look forward to talking about that. Uh, a challenging, almost philosophical French zombie <laughs> movie called They Came Back, or Les Revenants, mm -hmm. if you would like for French. Um, the Guillermo del Toro produced uh, haunted orphanage question mark film, The Orphanage, <laughs> um, and a, a, another French film called A Mutants mm -hmm. that got uh, sort of the independent film circuit distribution. Uh, it's sort of one of those rare big budget zombie movies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, those are the six movies we're going to be looking at. Um, Ready to just jump right in? Is there anything else we need to tell the people of the internet about Ashley? Um, I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley exists and is not a figment of your audio hallucinations, and that's a little bit important, but yeah. not terribly. It, it's true. As far as anybody knows, a lot of the times I'm, I could be making all of these voices. You, <laughs> you, could, be, you could be voicing. But uh, Ashley is here to vouch for her own existence. I, I am. Excellent. <laughs> In a dark time, when hope was bleak, there lived a young girl whose only escape was in a legend that wanted her back. The legend speaks of the lost soul of a princess from another world one day be reborn. There will be signs that mark her return. Okay, um, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's um, Labyrinth. I am a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro. I've mm -hmm. said it a few times in the podcast before, but we haven't had a few times to get into a lot of his work yet. Um, 
this would be the high water mark yeah. uh, for me as far as it is Guillermo del Toro film. It certainly ranks a lot higher than Blade 2. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I think the only other Guillermo del Toro movie that we've reviewed so far is Mimic, which I did like quite a bit. But mm. I think this is this is playing in a different class altogether. This, this almost is a class of its <laughs> own. It's... I, I often describe Pan's Labyrinth as the Schindler's List of genre films where <laughs> everyone should see it once every 10 years yeah. because it's, it's beautiful and it's perfect and it's painful. Yeah. It's painful because the humans are the monsters. Well, the monsters are still terrifying, but not as terrifying no, as, the, as the people at all. No. One of the interesting things that struck me on revisiting this is actually how much percentage-wise the fantasy portion of the mm-hmm. movie takes up. Actually, most of it is concerned with this little girl uh, being adjusting to her new life yeah. and her new father figure, who is the devil. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes the that, devil look warm and fuzzy. It, it's set <laughs> in 1944, which is uh, in, during the Spanish Civil War, and uh, it's actually a... He, Guillermo del Toro sort of refers to it as a sister film to The Devil's Backbone. Have you ever seen The Devil's mm, Backbone? Not familiar. It's set in 1939, and it's about a little boy who's orphaned by this same war. <laughs> so, uh, interesting. Uh, they, they're definitely in the same world mm-hmm. anyway, but um, just an interesting connection. And if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, I encourage you and anybody to check out The Devil's <laughs> Backbone. Um, yeah. It sort of sold itself as a modern sort of fairy tale, and uh, it is that, but it's not something, like you said, that you would bring the kids to. It's about kids, and it's about fantasy, but it's Mm -hmm. for adults, and I think that's why it's kind of special. Um, I'm trying to sort of outline the plot. Give me some help here. (laughs) (coughs) So, um, so this girl's mother has married this, um... Evil... Evil, evil man... (laughs) He's for, he's been tasked with getting rid of this group of rebels in this area yeah. uh, during the sort of the dying days of the war, and uh, he's just a vicious, terrible person. Uh, her mother is also, to complicate things, very pregnant and very ill and very yeah. frail. And and he's dragged them his new family out to join him for his own ego, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely in harm's way, too. It's not a safe place to be. It's certainly not a place you would envy her growing up in. Um, anyway, right away, our protagonist uh, uh, either escapes into a fantasy world or legitimately discovers a fantasy world, depending on how you you, you will to interpret it. Yeah. Uh, 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 finds an enchanted labyrinth and meets a fawn within who tells her she just might be the heir to a throne. But she has to pass three tests. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, proceeds to give her the clues to go along these three quests and to, as all hero journeys do, to mess up <laughs> at least once along the way. Um. Because the central character is a child and because, like you say, it's sort of a typical fantasy thing, I, I forgive this more, that she does the wrong thing consistently in her using her <laughs> childlike sense of wonder. <laughs> she will do the wrong thing over and yeah. over again. Um, there was a whole series of movies like this in the last, I don't know, ten years or so that just seemed to be about the death of childhood. <laughs> you, go, you go to see a kid's movie and you end up just 
weeping into a towel, and your kids are bored and falling yeah. asleep during it, but the parents are just like, oh, dear. It's all of the angst of losing my childhood. Yeah. But I mean, it's things like the, like this film and, and, and where the wild things are and a few, there was a bunch that sort of seemed to come out and every, yeah. every, it seemed like every year or two there was like this punch to the solar plexus and attacking you know, <laughs> the death of innocence and this is definitely in that club. Yeah. But it's also, on top of being horrifically violent, beautiful. It's a weird dichotomy because you get both ends of the spectrum and then some. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just remembering scenes of, like, uh, this man sewing his lips together in one sort of, like, close-up shot yeah. in the mirror. Um, and, and it's horrifying. The, it's, he's not doing it casually. Like, he's, he's a vain person, yeah. and he has been wounded in his face. He's, uh, like, upset about it. But they don't flinch, and that's something they establish early in this movie. They're going to show you everything. Yeah. They're going to show you everything. They're not going to spare you. Uh, typically, I, I, I get a little nervous with horror movies, if you can call this a horror movie or not. That's debatable. Mm-hmm. It is horrific at times. But typically, if you have a kid as the main character, I, I don't fear for them as much. Yeah. It's like, well, they're a little kid. They're going to be fine. She's going to say something cute and precocious, and yeah. they're going to cut to the next scene, and she's going to be fine. You don't have that here at no. all. Because <laughs> for some reason, even though I know she's going to, you know, went past her for hill, going to, you know, have a final confrontation, scene to scene, I'm terrified for this child. <laughs> it's, it's established as a brutal, brutal world that we're, that we're observing. Like not, not just that it's a real, yeah, yeah, that it is, it, that it's a real world where, and that means that anything can happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, the, the most brutal, brutal moment, uh, I thought was, there was a, there was a, a, a scene where the general beats one of the rebels to death with a bottle. Yeah. And that's relatively early on, too. <laughs> it's so shocking and so visceral, and you're just like, and like, if he, if he was slightly insubordinate, you could maybe argue that, but did he deserve to be, like, pummeled to death with a bottle? No! <laughs> Probably not. I don't know what point was being made there, but uh, and in that way, he is almost like a mustache twirling, you know, mm-hmm. hand wringing, like cartoonish villain. But he still seems somehow real in this world, uh, and uh, yeah, as horrifying as some of the creatures that she encounters in the fantasy world, and uh, most memorably the 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 pale man. He is called his uh, eyeballs in the center of his yeah. hands. And, yeah, she does the naughty little kid thing of taking food off of the table. <laughs> and the fairies are going, no, no, saying, keep moving. Don't keep do moving. it. Don't do it, little girl. But no. Forbidden fruit tastes the sweetest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're hitting this death of innocence thing pretty hard. But uh, love this movie. Love this movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, as you said at the beginning, Ashley, I don't think we can overstate how dark this is. And I oh. think if you haven't seen it, you should prepare yourself yeah. for that. Uh, you know, maybe bring a hanky. And uh, there is, although I, I hesitate to call it a horror movie, in whatever magical ingredients got thrown into the part, into the mm-hmm. pot to make this movie, there was a few shakes of horror <laughs> were added to the brew. <laughs> yeah. Um, there also a memorable scene I wanted to mention was the uh, the journey under the tree. 
to find the frog mm-hmm. and to uh, get the key within. These are a lot of familiar Return to the Womb sort of fairy tale yeah. elements that are being explored very, here. Very classic imagery <laughs> going on. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it somehow seems fresh. I kind of like it when you can, uh, find me in a place like an Alice in Wonderland type of world mm-hmm. where I've never been before, but I can accept. And that's, yeah. that's what happens here pretty quickly. There was, there was a moment in, in this viewing, uh, where I, I decided for myself that the fantasy world was absolutely as real as the the real world. Um, when they're, the cars are pulling up, it was like the first bit where they're introducing the girl and her mom, and one of those little stick insects that she later identifies as fairies is, is following them and is watching them. And I'm like, she's not here to observe that. So clearly it's happening. <laughs> it must. Well, in a way, I tell myself I want it to be real. It's sort of the same thing I say when we talk about ghosts or anything mm-hmm. like that. Do I believe in ghosts? No, but I want to believe in mm-hmm. ghosts. Like, that's in me. I would, uh, like, I like the idea of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to, but uh, if you ask me honestly, I have to say I don't. Uh, and But in this movie, I want it just because of how heavy and brutal it is. Mm-hmm. Especially if you just dismiss this all as flights of fantasy, as her escaping. Like, mm-hmm. not only is she this abused, sad child, but she's lost her mind and in the end her life <laughs> you know i would rather that this was a rite of passage yeah. and she's joined the, joined the fairy folk as their new queen and she will live forever in wonder and magic because otherwise it's just another dead child in yeah. this war landscape and it's just <laughs> fucking brutal <laughs> so yes pan's labyrinth exists damn it and santa Absolutely. claus exists in the eastern Um, I think the short version Cole's notes of what we're seeing here is that Pan's Labyrinth is fantastic, and Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen it, you probably should. Why haven't you seen it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And a note on subtitles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because with Pan's Labyrinth, you can get either version. For me, personally, I'm a big believer in subtitles. I don't like my movies dubbed. But uh, as far as dubbed movies go, they did a pretty decent job with Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. I think it was hitting enough success that they <laughs> found it worthwhile to do a good dub of it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, typically speaking with these movies, and this is relevant to all of the movies we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, uh, if you can find an actual subtitled version, I do think you're closer to what the director wanted, and you're closer to the feeling of the performance. Absolutely. You may not get word for word, and yes, something like it lost in the translation, but you will feel the performances, and you will be closer to what the director yeah, intended. Yeah, I, so. I, I think getting the correct performance with the visual will make up for anything that might be lost in the in the subtitling. I, I've already reviewed a few films this in, in this show where I wonder if if it hadn't have been dubbed, would I have liked it more? Yeah. Is it unfair to judge it on that? <laughs> <laughs> so all of these were subtitled. Anyway, enough of this. On we go. Oh, <laughs> 
questa musica i bianchi e la strana All right, the second movie we're going to talk about is Wreck 2. Wreck 2. I reviewed the first Wreck with my friend Ryan Giese on like the 11th or 12th episode, mm-hmm. and he ranked it number one in that list of zombie movies. Nice. I didn't rank quite that high, but I was a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. And it was in contention with movies like Dawn of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead and Reanimator. So. All right. Good company. Um, horror sequels are sort of a suspicious lot. <laughs> As are all sequels. <laughs> sequels come, yeah, they're, they're, they're either a paycheck type of a movie or, you know, a quick, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a cash grab for the studio or for the actors or both. <laughs> <laughs> so typically, creatively, there is some loss to it. Um, this is a sequel with a good reputation. Uh, do you think it earns it? I think it absolutely earns it. Um, I haven't seen Wreck and Wreck You still 2. haven't seen it? I now. still haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want to taint my memories of Wreck 2 by watching Wreck after I'd seen it uh, by itself, but it absolutely stands alone. Yeah. It absolutely works as a movie by itself. And I think that's the strongest thing you can say about a sequel. Yeah. So you don't have to watch the first one. You can jump right in. Uh, it's the same but different. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they do here. And this is an intense first-person perspective mm-hmm. film. Uh, the difference between this and the second film is that we have multiple cameras. And the first one is basically one camera. She's okay. doing... We, we follow a camera or a journalist through the building, the same sealed building. Oh, okay. And this is the woman that they end up finding and the one woman who I was leaves. about to say so it's probably the same. Yeah, it's the cool. same character. But again, uh, none of this is necessarily relevant to you when you come in. If you come into this movie as, here's a rescue team that is being sent into this building. Yeah. They all have helmet-mounted cameras, so we're going to jump from their different perspectives, and we're going to see them do a sweep and clear, presumably rescue something or other. We don't know what they're real, what what they're really being sent in for. But. Oh, and neither do they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do, so it's the same sort of hectic, shaky camera, intense, violent, close, first-person perspective movie that the first one was, but they had a few wrinkles. For instance, in the first movie, these were pretty much infected people. We assumed zombies, some sort of maybe rage virus, rabies type of illness. In the second movie, they established that they're actually possessed of demons. Yes, viral (laughs) demons, which is just so weird and cool. Uh, and I think that's interesting, and maybe it's because of, uh, I don't know if it's a stereotype, but sort of there's a stronger strain of religious belief in, mm-hmm. in, in sort of the Italian marketplace. <laughs> but I did find it kind of interesting, like, uh, we don't see that anymore in vampire flicks, where yeah. someone holds off a vampire with a cross, it's well, always laughed off. You vampires know? have stopped being scary, scary or evil. <laughs> that is true, that is true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he can hang like rosary beads on a door and that door is basically impenetrable mm-hmm. for them. Um, and it's kind of interesting using, you know, putting those tools back into the, into the toolbox yeah. because they actually haven't been used in a while. They've sort of been dismissed as old hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, they, it stays scary too. They just sort of added now they can attack from the ceiling. Yeah. We didn't see that before. Right. That was a new one for us. So they, they probably could do that. They just didn't need to. <laughs> It is an intense sort of grab you by the throat, 75 minute, yeah. just barely feature. It's so fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, like, the it's the slightest degree down from the first as far as, like, I would say I think the first is a slightly better movie. Uh-huh. Um, 
I think that they shoehorned in an extra element, and that's the element of this group of kids yeah. who sneak their way in through the sewers. And I was a little bit worried when we switched to the kids' perspective. I'm yeah. like, what? No, no, put me back. Give yeah. me back the story. And then it started bringing up, and I, it you does, know, I warmed to it. But it was... Exactly, and that is exactly what I was going to say. It does very suddenly shift gears to these kids. And I could almost buy another group of people finding themselves into this building, even mm-hmm. in spite of the insane scenario. That's fine, you need more meat for the grinder. I understand <laughs> that. But the fact that it was another group of people who happened to be mm-hmm. filming themselves the you know it was just yeah. like that was the one step a little bit too far yeah um i actually think that the filmmakers learned this lesson because you'll find in rec three uh which if you're curious to see i can send you home with tonight <laughs> uh, 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 um they start the movie with uh, a bunch of video perspectives of uh, the leading up to a wedding, a bunch of family videos mm-hmm. and about 15 minutes or maybe even less into the movie it switches, and it just becomes a movie. Oh. Uh, so they, they, they decided to, okay, we did two and a quarter movies in this Force Perspective. Mm-hmm. Now just let us, let us make this movie, <laughs> okay? And uh, I went with it. A lot of purists thought that they jumped the shark when they did that. Mm. Anyway, please. Uh, we're going, I feel like I'm okay. taking over. Going back That's to okay. Rec 2. <laughs> back to Rec 2. Um, yeah, no, it, I was... All I knew about it was that I had seen the cover and I was a little bit nervous about them. Like, oh, this one's going to be gory. This one's going to be be something. And then, like, the first scene, we're in the truck with the soldiers going in and they're, like, bantering and hanging out. I'm like, okay, okay, you got me. You got me. This is just going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, it almost seems like the movie that the the, you know, the adaptation of Doom should have been in a lot of ways, because <laughs> of the first person perspective, but yeah. done well. Like the cam- the footage looks good. Yeah. Like it's very clean. Uh, you still have the manic shakiness, especially during the attacks and the firefights and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't really feel like I lose where I am unless they want me to. Not not in this one. I'm usually a huge like. God, why are you using shaky cam? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like shaky cam is usually covering up that they didn't want to do something properly. <laughs> uh, but in this one, it worked because yeah. it was, you know, it was part of the concept. Um, the other thing I really loved was that they had limited ammo. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a weird thing where he's like shooting one of the demon zombies and his gun runs out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is a real world. It happens. You, it happens. You that would totally happen. your clip three times, and that is it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, the sort of situation continually, perpetually spiraling out of mm-hmm. control. And they take you along for the ride. They do the same thing in the first movie and the second one. I think in the first movie, yeah, they're anchored to is that I kind of related to and like the people mm-hmm. a little bit more before mm-hmm. we got into the, the chaos. Whereas these ones, they just shove you right through the doors. Yeah. Which I get. Get us right into the movie. And it is part two. They don't need yeah. a lot of the setup. Um, what I do respect about both of the Wreck and Wreck 2 for the found footage is that part of the weakness of the genre I'm finding, and I'm a big fan of found footage, mm-hmm. is that people say, yeah, you can make a scary movie cheaply. Um, and you can. You can, if you have a good imaginative story and really good performances. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do, if you have a budget, is really plan out your shots and be really specific about it. Um, you know, 
this movie is found footage and the actors are filming it, but it is carefully staked out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just, (laughs) this isn't a one and done (laughs) scenario. For instance, in in the Blair Witch Project, uh, and I really like the Blair Witch Project too, but there are scenes where the actors are actually seeing things hanging in the trees and reacting to them for the Mm -hmm. first time genuinely. They didn't know what set they were going to walk into. So when they did that, they're reacting to it for the first time and you get some genuine performances out of that mm-hmm. and it feels real and that sort of sense of wonder comes across. This is not the case with Wreck. This is all carefully orchestrated. Yeah. It looks like chaos, but it is carefully, Boy. carefully orchestrated. And I respect that because it's deceptively easy. You look at this and say, oh yeah, that was no problem. We could make that movie. Any guy <laughs> could make it. No, you couldn't. No, you could not. <laughs> There's, there is too much going on <laughs> to to even imagine that you could do that in one it's you yeah and it is like i said 75 minutes long but Mm -hmm. uh that's okay i didn't feel cheated by it because it is it is an experience it is you they you keep you sort of nervous and they they jam a lot of content into that 75 (laughs) minutes like it it felt fast but not because it was short but because it kept moving all the time and it seems like a conscious choice they could have had a five minute prologue or they could have Mm -hmm. had an elaborate credit sequence they could have fattened this out pretty easily but they didn't It's a bitter little pill, and it's not a movie for everyone. I know certain people don't like this kind of aggressively (laughs) violent sort of picture, but uh, I am a a big fan of the Wreck franchise. We get Wreck 4 released, at least in the uh, European (laughs) countries, in in October of this year, so we'll probably see it early next year, but I'll be in line with the ticket. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I might join you. Uh, here's a completely different animal. So, 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 so different. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they could find a more different movie than Wreck 2. I mean, they're both quote-unquote horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the similarities yeah. end. In, in Wreck 2, we had an aggressive grab-you-by-the-face, throw-you-through-this-hectic yeah. movie, uh, intense horror thriller. And this is a much more sedate, take-your-time-get-into-your-nerves uh, emotionally fuck yeah. with you kind of ghost story movie. Uh, and you said you had no experience of it. I have no experience of it. I almost kind of envy that because uh, when I saw it, uh, I was sort of aware of it and its big reputation oh. and everything like this. And I wonder if you came to it cold on mm-hmm. how to take it. Like, full disclosure, like this is... And listening to your podcast and just, you know, going along is sort of being my introduction to genre. It's a thing oh, I've really? been like vaguely aware of, but not... I haven't seen a lot of horror films, so it's been a really good little primer. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that makes me feel nice. I've, I've, I've corrupted you into the horror genre. Well, I mean, yeah, like I say, horror genre doesn't get a lot of respect for some reason. Um, but people look for emotional response out of movies, and you get a horror response out of horror movies. Oh, yeah. And I definitely got a horror response out of a tale from Two Sisters. I had so many. I was all over the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> watching this movie it's like i don't know what's going on and i don't know what to feel but gosh i'm feeling all the time yeah 
It's true. Uh, to try and break down the plot, and again, we're going to have to talk spoilers when we talk about so this movie. So much. Uh, I give a spoiler warning at the top of the show, but I'm just going to make an especial spoiler yeah. warning for this movie. If you're interested in watching A Tale of Two Sisters, and you haven't, please watch it before you listen to this review, <laughs> because I do think it will affect your enjoyment of the movie if it, it's completely, you know, really wrecked. Go in cold. Go in yeah, cold. Yeah, it's, it's better. So It'll brilliant. be better. Anyway, so... The plot, as we understand it, when we first step in as the new audience <laughs> to the movie, is uh, a woman, a young woman, has gone through a traumatic experience, and she's returning home uh, to recover. Where her father is uh, just is has been remarried. She has a mm-hmm. difficult relationship with her stepmother. Her difficult stepmother. Yes, <laughs> and she and her sort of. Uh, precocious, mischievous uh, other sister sort of find ways to make their stepmother's life miserable and she's sort of there to convalesce and lick her wounds. Ostensibly that's the plot that we're going to but she starts seeing a bunch of creepy shit. (laughs) And... Uh, we is it in her mind? Is there a haunting going on? This is sort of the the what what the story, you know. These are some of the many, many questions. there's dream sequences, there's sort of flights of fancy, uh, the movie will shift tone fairly adru- abruptly and yep. jarringly on a dime, but it is not boring to me at any point. <laughs> no. Uh, it's very gracefully shot too, but I'm pretty sure it was handheld. It looks wow. it like it looks like a steady cam and it looks really smooth, but there's always just a little, little bit, bit of yeah. movement to it. It's yeah. It feels like uh, the cinematography, the approach they took was very classic. It is, it's big shots and it's slow shots and it takes its time. And there's a little bit of drift. Yeah. And the, the color actually really struck me in this. It, um, I'm I'm all on a on a completely like different friend group. I'm being introduced to Miyazaki, and it really oh nice. So it it really tied in for me to that, to the, the Japanese, to the anime, to the you know the big sweeping vistas, the big like this world that they're that they're world in. World building. Yeah. yeah, world building. That it's that it's established as a semi real place. It's an uncomfortable world that we're introduced to, and we're not sure of anybody's motives. Mm-hmm. I hated the stepmother, but I was always second-guessing myself, because aren't we programmed to hate the mm-hmm. stepmother, and don't they want us to hate the stepmother? So isn't she this big red herring? Turns out, no, not at all. She's actually really fucking terrible. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but uh, we, we everybody... We maybe shouldn't hate her quite as much as we do. She's not the only terrible person yeah. in this house. But Everybody has their part to play, and it's an epic tragedy. Uh, there's actually a few stories that we're going to deal with here, that, and a lot of horror movies, I think, when you get down to it, just are, are tragedies. Mm-hmm. And I think this definitely counts as that. Once all of the pieces fall together and we realize what has happened to the, our central character and just what she is recuperating from. (laughs) And the fact that she's recuperating and still living under the roof with this woman is just like... uh, I don't know what A Tale of Two Sisters 2 would look like (laughs) if they had it, but... uh, (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. A terrible revenge film, I think. 
Um, I was saying that, the, like, I, I, I hesitate to attempt to pronounce a lot of the names of the cast, mm-hmm. but I do know that the director, Kim Ji-Woon, is very respected, has gone on to make other great movies, and this is one of the, the highest tent poles in his, yeah. in his oeuvre. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I understand why it is so respected. Mm-hmm. But I do find that the dream logic thing of the movie, I... I I'm in it, I'm with the movie, but it, yeah. it, I'm not sure if 100% I'm understanding what's going on. I know that I am not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't think this is a lost in translation moment. I think no. this is a very deliberate stepping stone of the movie. In fact, in a way, this is what I've always sort of lamented that I've wanted out of a David Lynch film. I've always said I wish David Lynch would just do a straight-up horror <laughs> movie, right? And this kind of feels like if he had the patience to do a real ghost story, what would be close to what it would be. Because isolated scenes, when mm-hmm. this little girl sees this woman floating on the floor of her bedroom and sort of <laughs> rising up above at the end of Audience, her bed. I, I physically shivered just remembering <laughs> yeah, that. It, it is freaking terrifying. <laughs> and almost on a primal level. Yeah. Um, uh, but then they cut to the next scene and it's almost like that previous scene didn't happen at all. Yeah. We're just moving on. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're, we're not gonna, we're take not gonna any address stock that, that or yeah. do anything about it. It just happened. It, it's more than the elephant in the room, though. Like that's terrible and terrifying. Yeah. How are you able to be sane and live in that house if that's what you're seeing, right? And these questions are not asked and therefore not answered. <laughs> and you really have to sort of be prepared to go with it in yeah. the movie. And the risk is at the end, are they going to pay it off? Because if they didn't, I think I would be saying that this was not a recommend but they do (laughs) they do huge yeah um can i tell you what every little nook and cranny of this movie meant no No, i can't but uh i can tell you that it is uh creepy and uncomfortable and it will unnerve you and it does everything that it wants to do quite well (laughs) this you know, I'd I'd like to rewatch this. I'd like to rewatch this with some with someone who hadn't seen it yet, because exactly. I feel like this would be the most brilliant conversation movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so what did you think? So what did, like, and and watching fresh and seeing the reactions on someone else would just make me so happy. The the most puzzling to me, and I I, I just genuinely want to get your thoughts on this mm-hmm. because I got nothing, Ashley. <laughs> I gotta tell you, but there's a prolonged sequence which involves a very violent altercation with her stepmother uh uh, and it was a dream sequence it did or didn't happen we don't know do you know what sequence I'm yeah yeah with the the dinner party and she gets dragged under the yeah it's a really bizarre sequence and again even more so than anything else because the other isolated, horrifying events, she was alone, more or less, or it was her and her sister, mm-hmm. in quotation Quotations. marks. Uh, so you could write that off. But once the stepmother is involved directly, and once there's like a physical altercation, yeah. it's another one that's really hard to slush off. Okay, maybe you and I couldn't shrug off the creepiest shit female hag ghost in no. our room. But uh, she's able to. But her stepmother shouldn't be able to. And the fact that that's never really sewn up is something that sort of furrows my brow yeah, a little bit yeah. about the movie. It's it's really clear that the stepmother is really disturbed yeah. also. Um, it's it's almost... That could almost be one of the stepmother's demons. It, yeah. it's, it's one of the things when you look at it again the second time, how much are they putting up with this girl's illness? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the 
the the big twist, I guess. We're going to have to go to it. Yeah. And this is why we told you to watch it before watch it you listen to it. But her little sister that she's been talking to and, and, and having playing all these games with and yeah. her confidant and her basically companion on this adventure is a figment of her imagination. Her yeah. sister has died. That's why she was in the Institute. That's why she is home to heal. Yeah, because her mother and her sister died in a horrific, yeah. horrific event. And it was... Horrific. Horrific. <laughs> 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 it's just, uh, yeah, the, the terrible, the terrible word to use, I suppose. But, when I uh, say it's, it's tragic, Yeah. just to say it out loud, a child waking up to find her mother had hung herself yeah. in, a wardrobe, in a wardrobe, and in her desperate try to, to get her unhung, the entire wardrobe tips down on top of her, and she is essentially smothered by her mother's corpse. Sweet yeah. lord, and, that is horrifying. And left, <laughs> and found, and left there. Yeah. Um, by the... By the, the evil stepmother. stepmother. We know conclusively, assuming we can take this scene at face value, <laughs> that the stepmother did... Uh, she didn't cause the girl's death, but she could have prevented yeah. it, if that makes any That's... sense. She didn't plan to murder the girl, but she didn't save the girl, so she's she, responsible. She's, she certainly saw the opportunity to get the family out of the way yeah. and, and let it happen. And there's a, there's a moment like Red... I think it's right after that where the stepmother and the the main daughter have a little snip at each other. Yeah. It's like if you weren't so busy snipping at your stepmother, you'd have gone into that room and noticed. So I think there's a whole big guilt level complex. of personal guilt. That's yeah. Well, and, and this is the whole thing. The whole survival guilt is what she's all about. She can't handle it, so her yeah. sister just can't be dead. So she won't be dead. She's with me. Uh, there's nothing not uh, not horrifying and sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yet, I'm recommending this movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, A Tale of Two Sisters. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I understand every corner of it. And like I say, a lot of times that pro that's problematic for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this gets a pass because it's a quote-unquote foreign movie. <laughs> um, I think I think this is so beautifully put together. And I think I it's think, a puzzle that is solvable. Yeah. I think maybe somebody could talk me through it. Somebody smarter than me might yeah. be able to tell me every nick and cranny of and, this. And it feels like, you know, there's a whole lot of other information that the director and the writer and who would have, and they just didn't need to put it in our face. Yeah. They didn't want to hit us with the point bat. And, well, and I certainly didn't feel like we were being spoon-fed. No. That's not, they, they respect their audience, and I therefore respect that. Uh, I think that actually that's a lot to do with uh, the level of attention that quote-unquote Asian extreme cinema mm -hmm. has been getting. Um, yeah, they, they, do, they seem to set up scares better than yeah. anyone these days. And, and they trust the audience to... Meet them halfway. Meet them. Yeah. Which is exactly what a lot of American cinema does not do. No. It does not trust the audience to meet them halfway. It's not just amount of showing the shotgun on the wall. They'll have somebody give you a little monologue about why yeah. it's there. You know, it's like there's nothing subtle about it. I appreciate that this definitely respects its audience. And... Uh, it's worth a look. It's a slowly paced ghost thriller. It's nowhere near the horror movie that Wreck is. No. Um, if you're a hardcore horror fan, if you're going in there looking for... If you're bloodthirsty, this yeah. isn't your movie. But, but if, if you like a classic sort of ghost story, yeah. this is a really good one. It's also good.
<laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about a tale of two sisters? Um, Uniformly I'm, great performances. I wish yeah. I could be telling you all oh of these uh, acting and actresses credits and all the so things strong. they've done subsequently, but uh, I f- this film was just strong across the board. Um, do we trust that the stepmother is getting some sort of ghostly revenge at the end of this? Is that how you interpreted that? Has by the, the end, by the end, I couldn't. Has the madness infected her, or is there a spirit that is plaguing her legitimately again? <laughs> or, or is it, or is it all just what the girl wants to exactly. have happen? Uh, in a way, there is a lot of parallels with Pan's Labyrinth here. Yeah. So this is another way I will be interested to see how they're ranked. At the end of the day. <laughs> I was just talking about how uh, Asian cinema has been getting a reputation for being good at, better at scaring its audience than, than a lot of other people or cultures or whatever you have it. Um, and the French are getting a similar reputation. Films like uh, High Tension and Frontiers and Martyrs and uh, there's these really hard to the wall, brutal French thrillers yeah. coming out. Um, this is going to go, this film we're going to talk about, They Came Back, or The Revenants, uh, is taking it in a completely different direction. Yeah. Is it about people coming back from the dead and uh, on a global scale? or Well, I guess not on a global scale in this story, but on a mass scale? Yeah. Yes, it is. But we're not going to see anybody's guts getting ripped out. We're not going to see any sort of bizarre cannibalistic behavior. Nope. Not too many people getting shot in the head. What we are sort of treated to is a sort of a philosophical, meditative, how would we really, uh, politically, yeah. sociologically, uh, <laughs> uh, culturally adapt to something this crazy? And there is an added, maybe Twilight Zone-ish twist that mm. the people who come back don't seem 100% who they were. Yeah. They're not not who they were, but they're not. But they're who not they, quite they what they were before. Um, it's also they got this weird sort of pastel color scheme, as you can see. Just I've got the DVD in mm-hmm. my hand, but a lot of sort of dull, drab whites and grays, and a lot of cold clinical environments, yeah. cold office interiors, and hospital hallways, and people grieving in rooms that were designed for them to grieve in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's different. It's a different movie. But is it different good or different bad? I guess that's the question I'm going to pose to you. Okay. What did you think of They Came Back? This is where I start. This is the first film I watched. Interesting. So it was um, a very, very... It, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting place to start. It was a nice, um, sort of sedate uh, move-in to, to the whole thing. Because I, I watched most of these in one weekend. Oh, wow. It was... Intense and a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, this is this is another thinking movie. This is cerebral. It's very cerebral. Um, it's what do I call this? An an intelligent, canny look at humans as the monsters 
an emotional look at the living dead, plucks the heart of how we treat each other, and uh, no one um, actually understands anyone else. I, I see that. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> Things that I will say I like about the movie, or where I want to start yeah. talking about it, is the moment of reunion that we have between people. And we mm-hmm. see husbands reunion with wives, uh, parents with children, and, and most tauntingly, a, a child to his mother being returned. And them sort of noticing the subtle differences. Yeah. And them being at once so excited and relieved that this dream that they want this loved one back has come true but at the same time horrified because this is not how it works when you're dead you're dead and we can all pretend that it's okay and this is just an event that we can deal with but this should be crazy this is is a crazy situation and everybody is kind of pretending that it isn't yeah sounds sort of like rich like philosophical bed to build your movie on I almost fell asleep describing that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, yeah, it's, um, it's very slow paced. It is, it is very languidly paced. It takes all of the time it wants. (laughs) I don't, like, again, part of it is that maybe you're watching, or you'd be watching six movies at once. I'd seen it before and Mm -hmm. I did revisit it and uh, I was trying to find things to like. Because to be honest, I got it because it was a French zombie movie. And I watched it and I wasn't a big fan. But I thought, okay, I need to revisit it because this isn't your typical zombie movie so maybe what my expectations going into it Mm -hmm. were such that i didn't give it a fair shot now knowing what i'm getting into which i did this time around i'm just gonna ease on into the bathtub here adjust (laughs) to the temperature of the water and 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 see what comes up right yeah uh I still find it, it does reek a little bit of fromage to me. I, I, you know, you could give uh, high fives all around for trying something here, but the same sort of non-answers that we were sort of in a way applauding in Atel Sisters nagged away at me at this. Everybody's kind of under reaction to what was going on. Mm. I would say if I didn't have an immediate loved one, if I was lucky enough that I didn't have an immediate loved one who was resurrected, I would probably be fleeing that city out of sheer terror just because clearly something bad is going to happen. And again, spoilers, eventually something bad does happen. But it's this weird sort of organized, calculated, I don't know, terrorist action? It's It's like a distraction Almost. They they set off some bombs so that they can quietly slip away while everyone's distracted, maybe? Is that what they were going for? I think that's what they were... Yeah, that's what they do. And that does raise the point of why they didn't just slip away. Well, and it doesn't answer the question of how would you solve this problem. No. Because I think here's the really frustrating thing. Uh, I think, like, there are movies that are bad, and I can just stand here and hold my nose and say that was a weak performance, that was a bad idea, this was a poor execution. This wasn't badly acted, I don't think. I don't think it was particularly badly directed. And I think there were some interesting ideas. So it was one of these really torturous movies where I can see the ghost of this really good, interesting movie in front of me, but uh, it's not that. And because it's not that and so close to being that, it kind of pisses me off. (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's no, not fair. I, I think we all have that reaction all the time, like, especially us, you know, theater people and actor people, like people who who create media. Yeah, it's, it's where you can see what needed to be tweaked. It's. I appreciate challenging art, though, you know, and mm-hmm. this is definitely that. This is giving to your gorehound audience, the people who are going to line up, you know, for <laughs> Saw 3 or whatever, you know. They're going to say, yeah, yeah, choke this one down. Yeah. We're going to dare you to think while you watch a horror movie. So I would have given it a lot of passes if there was, and tell me if I'm wrong, Ashley, oh. even one scare in the movie. No. There, there are no, there is no fright in this movie. There's, it's... I don't have to have violence. I don't have to have, like, you know, the, the big global apocalypse. Yeah. I don't need a lot of death and destruction even necessarily. But if it is a horror movie, if that's what you're selling yourself as, I want to believe at some point you're attempting to be scary. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think they're going for, you know, a little bit of the creep factor a little bit of the you know especially with the uh, the government military industrial complex sort of started to round these people up and start like yeah. look have control of them um but i feel like i've seen that other places and i feel like i've seen it done better yeah it reminds me of an have you ever seen a film called and ostensibly they're very different but have you ever seen a film called southland tales no <laughs> okay <laughs> It's a very, very bizarre movie. This guy who directed Donnie Darko did it. Okay. Apparently it's based off of a graphic novel. But what the two of these films, to me, have in common is that they, right out of the gate, start world building. This is the world. It's sort of like our world, but everybody looks a little bit pastel and grayed out. And everything's a little bit softer and a little bit slower and a little bit more sedate. Sounds like everybody's on a Valium in this world (laughs) at all times. And that's the pace that we're going to run at. And they set up that out of the gate, and that's Mm. fine. And then they just keep on world building. This is this corner of the world. This is the people who are basically the CDC or organizing, you know. How are we going to get these people to their homes? And then these are the people who are being reunited with them. We go and see them for a little while. And then we get some of the media coverage and some of the paranoia around this. And they're world building and world building and world building, but they're not telling a story. Yeah. And that's sort of the, what these two movies that are very, very different sort of had in common with me. Like it was like they went from semi quasi interesting scene and idea to interesting scene and idea. Yeah. But there's no story there. There's probably people out there that will really like this movie. I think that this is like a personal rubbing me the wrong way type of movie. Uh, uh, You know, (laughs) (laughs) some people like onions, some people don't. Uh, So uh, if I'm being too hostile or mean to it, I please want you to tell me so. Uh, And that's why I wanted to start with the positives because I kind of knew once I got off the leash, I was going to get (laughs) the claws were going to come out and I don't want to like smear it for you. So, uh, I mean, you were saying some nice things when you said... Um, Like I said, this is this is where I start, and I think I enjoyed it a lot more as the first movie of my weekend. It's definitely um, the shallow end of the pool for horror it, movies. Anyway. Very much so. I was like, oh, oh, I can, I can wade through this. I was ready to <laughs> swim. Oh <Yeah>. well. <laughs> um, no, but it's 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 an interesting concept, and. I feel like I've seen it other places. I feel like I've seen it done better. Um, Miracle Day, the Torchwood miniseries. Right, the Doctor Who thing. Yeah, everyone stops dying suddenly, and they 
I think the way that that deals with it is a lot more realistic to how governments would deal with it and a lot more disturbing. Right. So, and again, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the zombie renaissance that is going on. Mm. And mm. Um, we've got three zombies in this one. We just had a zombie episode before this one <laughs> we're about to have. So yeah. I like a different zombie movie, and you know what? This definitely is that. If you want, if you're kind of sick of the glut of like <laughs> paper cutter, you know, whatever, yeah. another of the same a group of survivors trying to keep it alive while they're besieged by zombies. Movies. This is not that. Yeah. Um, I say that to a negative in in this case, but in my own way, applaud them for trying. Because, you know, they did something different. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything. <laughs> I won't say that they weren't trying something there. It just was not for me. Mm-hmm. But there's some guy out there with a sharp goatee and, like, a yeah. like an earring who thinks this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you, you brew your coffee and you, you know, cut up your little cheese plate and you, you sit down in a, like, mildly darkened room and you will enjoy this movie. Uh, and uh, it's a horror movie, quote-unquote, you can take home to grandma, really, in a yeah. lot of ways. If you wanted to watch a horror movie with somebody who wasn't into horror movies... This, this would, is one of them. I don't know if that's a compliment either. It would, <laughs> it would be. It would be. You know, a, a not bad a way to introduce them to the kinds of concepts that you're going to hit in more zombie movies and yeah. you know more intense horror movies. It's yeah. If if you came across it on television, you wouldn't peg it as a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess file it under interesting. I still have a hard time recommending it. Yeah. But I know that it's personal to me, <laughs> so uh, at the same time, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you know, I would, I would recommend it. I wouldn't strongly recommend it. I'm not going to run around going, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" Because it's well, we'll see. It's not going to rank high for me. <laughs> it's not going to be in the top top three. So. There are children who can see a hidden world whose imagination opens their eyes. Okay, well, I had been talking about how some of these movies, if you boil them down, they're just tragic, tragic tales. Yep. And, uh, this it's, one is it's, that in spades. It, it's, <laughs> it's hella true for Pan's Labyrinth. It's hella true for A Tale of Two Sisters. And ironically, I watched this one and Pan's Labyrinth back to back. So it was just the most depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you can make... Pan's Labyrinth hopeful. If you could keep your childlike sense of wonder, <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, you can choose for that to be a wonderfully happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I choose. Choose. Unfortunately, they're not giving you that option with the orphanage. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
this one looks like your typical ghost story, and in a lot of ways is your classic form ghost story. Okay. Big, old, ancient, empty building, and weird sounds, and creepy little kids. It was, after all, an orphanage. <laughs> it's where unwanted children went. Yeah. Um, this woman who had grown up there takes her husband and her young son to the orphanage where she had grown up, now that she'd sort of come up affluent and wealthy. Yeah. She wants to give something back. She's going to run this place, and... Uh, She's got her little boy, Simon, and her, her new husband, and they're just going to be happy forever and ever. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be so perfect. And credit. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, it is not to be. This is produced by Game of the and apparently he had his eye to direct it. Mm-hmm. I think because it is so similar to both Pan's Labyrinth and The Devil's Backbone, it would almost be like the triumvirate of <laughs> kids in horrifying situation mm-hmm. movies it was just it was time to make hellboy and by all means make hellboy yes. you know what i like hellboy <laughs> so thank you yes, um yes. so he produced the orphanage this was the number one movie in the uh, overseas in the european markets it'd be like shrek the third and uh, all sorts of these big ridiculous blockbusters yeah and it performed well here uh the director and i'm going to hopefully not j.a bayona Hopefully that seems right. Bayona? We'll say Bayona. Possible. Uh, Subsequently directed, I thought, a really fantastic movie called The Impossible. It's uh, uh, Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor involved in a tsunami and trying to survive. Oh, yes. I I heard about it. I didn't see that one. Very well handled. Very different from this. Very well handled. (laughs) And word on the street is that they're trying to get him to do the sequel to World War Z. Ooh. So... Between those two movies, not, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to see what he would do with mm-hmm. Big Budget Zombie. Bring mm-hmm. it, bring it, bring it. So I've already tipped my hand. I like The Orphanage. Yeah. What did Ashley Patch house? Ashley. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Ashley Patch. Yes. Uh, That's what I've known you as for so long. what everyone so knows me as, because it's just so much easier. <laughs> I so enjoyed this I so enjoyed it. It's you have a dark little heart, don't I have you? A dark little heart. Um, it's uh, it's just so it's so it runs so beautifully, and the story is so it's simple and clear, but it you know takes little twists. Um, the that they use that the ghosts are children so well. Uh, the um, little corn sack kid with the thing over his head. The, <laughs> the little game with hiding things, and you have to find the place where this came from. And uh, the setup of that was just, I was charmed. I was just absolutely charmed. I'm like, oh, goody, goody. I, I, like, I like where this is going. I, and I like these characters. And it's, you know, <laughs> my dark little heart with my little optimistic streak was like, it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so wrong. And I was so. <laughs> it was maybe not as okay as we would have liked it to be. Um, this movie creeped me out and um, pretty quickly. Yeah. Right away. And I figured we must be in the hands of a really good director or a really good writer or both here because we've seen this all before. We've seen this big, creepy, empty building, and we've seen mm-hmm. ghostly little kids. It has been, that well has been visited again <laughs> and again and again. And obviously for good reason, mm-hmm. because when it's done well, it works. And in this case, it is done well. I think what gives it the extra push is that we've got sort of the haunted house movie trash sort of 
mixed with the missing person. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to Poltergeist, classic 80s ghost story movie. They solve the riddle of why you don't leave your house. Scary shit's happening, leave. Yeah. Well, you don't leave if your little girl's missing. Okay. And in the orphanage, it's the same thing. Yeah. Scary shit's happening, but Simone disappears. Mm -hmm. And she is convinced he's somewhere in that house. And she is not going to leave until she finds her boy. And when you first watched the movie, at least for me, I was really riveted to the movie because I wanted her to find her yeah. son. And you really, she's had a hard life and she's built up to the point and she's trying to give something back, so let her have her son. Yeah, she, and, and we've esta they established the son so well and so clearly, and we care too. Yeah. <laughs> In most of the ghost story tropes are there, so you're expecting there's some riddle for her to solve. The ghosts want something and mm -hmm. she will give them that and she will get her son back. This is how it works. This is yeah. the movie that we seen before but this is not what the orphanage is when you watch the movie again i still have that same sort of feeling of dread but yeah. it's not because i can't wait for her to be reunited with her son it's almost like i don't want her to solve yeah. this mystery too quickly because when she solves the mystery that's so when that's, that's when her heart's really <laughs> gonna break she thinks her heart is broken now, yeah but it's not it's not and all of these good intentions are just are just being, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, as I've said many times in horror movies. And if ever that was a valid thing to say <laughs> in a movie, this is definitely that for the orphanage. Um, some of the memorable moments the, for me is uh, the creepy old woman that has been sort of sighted around the area and seems to know a lot about the history uh she's desperately trying to get a hold of her not even to confront her just to get information yeah. and that moment just when she finally sees her and is about to have that confrontation is rudely interrupted <laughs> uh, yes, yeah you know what i'm yeah, talking about <laughs> i i know i remember when she's hit by that bus yeah. and all that remains is a doll and that's what she has to base the rest of her that investigation starts on. out the rest of the investigation mm. we know how that's gonna run because <laughs> of the setup of the finding things and it's just you're right about the basic game of hide and seek sort of kids template i think one yeah. of the creepiest sequences in the movie involved her being locked in that bathroom uh by the sack head mm -hmm. little boy uh, I've always sort of been a sucker for the imaginary friend conceit. The imaginary friend who is not imaginary yeah. has always been creepy and will always be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what the motivations of this... Uh, was it Thomas he calls the yeah. ghost? Uh, because Thomas tells him he's going to die. And uh, when you first hear that, it's a creepy thing that the kid would make up to say. Or you could say, well, even if he says that, everybody's going to die. Yeah. He's leveling with him. The cruel truth is, is that somehow that ghost knows that Simone's not long for this world. Mm -hmm. And the reason she's having a hard time finding him <laughs> is that he is not alive. Yeah. He's already joined the ghostly choir. And uh, I can't imagine finding the, you know, that solving the mystery being a satisfying end to it. And so it is that the mother wants to stay a mother and she chooses to do so, presumably indefinitely. That's, that's definitely where it's, where it's left, which was, uh, 
the eternal childhood of those children being looked after by the ghost of the mother in the big creepy house. Uh, uh, I felt so bad for the husband. Yeah, too. <laughs> He's got nothing left. He's got nothing left. I mean, in a way, you could say it's a weird one of those eternal fates, and philosophers will say anything that goes on forever is hell. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted to come back to this place that helped shape her yeah. and uh, take care of children who were rejected. And in a way, she's got her wish. In a way. In a, in a way. <laughs> but it's horrible <laughs> as well. Um, the performances are all very strong. I mean, I wouldn't have The any... child performance is very strong. That's yeah. always a tricky thing. I was pleased. Yeah. Um, I do think, and I don't know if this is a slate against it or not, with the exception of the sack-faced boy, with the exception of Thomas, mm -hmm. I wasn't threatened by the kid ghosts. I always felt like the kid ghosts were just being kids. Yeah. They weren't acting sinister. And it doesn't add or subtract necessarily from the creepy element. I think there's the... the that they're ghost children yeah, on his face. Yeah, that's kind of enough. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept that as creepiness, yes. Um, but yeah, they didn't have to overdo it. They didn't need to darken their eyes. They were just kind of like kids, yeah. being kids. And uh, I guess, hopefully, magically, they, they've managed to never get sick of just uh, amusing each other with precocious childlike behavior <laughs> uh and again i i guess if there's going to be ghosts i would rather it was that because mm -hmm. otherwise if you know like i say i want there to be ghosts i secretly want there to be ghosts but if there is and if there are ghosts tied to a place and they're still somewhat a person yeah any place becomes a prison if you can't leave it so mm -hmm. you eventually go mad so then you say, well, all ghosts eventually go crazy and become malevolent. <laughs> now I'm scared and won't be able to sleep tonight. Thanks a lot, Ashley. You're welcome, <laughs> uh, Sorry, I've been talking all over this. Uh, what else did you want to say about the orphanage? Um, well, I basically spilled out the whole story. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't have good notes on this one because I got so absorbed. <laughs> you were too busy watching the movie. I was too busy watching the movie. Well, that's and recommendation. That's recommendation. Yeah. Um, I would recommend this to any horror fan. Like I said, yeah. uh, the other movies in this list so far, I th actually, that's not true. I would recommend Pan's Labyrinth to anybody, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, as much as I liked Wreck 2, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No. And as much as I liked A Tale of Two Sisters, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anybody. Uh, the Orphanage, I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. If you're a fan of horror movies, you should watch it. And if you're not a fan of horror movies, this, this is, is a probably a horror movie you. that you could watch and like. Yeah. Now, like I said, we've we've completely wrecked the ending for uh, who hadn't <laughs> seen it, but uh, in a way, it's an emotionally powerful one too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you, if I felt like it was to get a little something no, in my it's... eye a few times <laughs> that I was watching the movie. You know, so you know, when I was watching it the second time, knowing where it's going, because oh. she's just so desperate to be reunited with the kid. And I guess, like I say, she does get to she, be reunited yeah, with the kid, but it's, it's a that thing where hefty you fair. You get what you want, but it's not the way you'd hoped it would be. And I go back to where I started with that. Again, we've sort of seen this before. The mother figure sacrificing herself to be with her child mm -hmm. is, a, is a tired, worn trope in the haunted house genre. <laughs> and the big, dusty, old, renovated mansion full of ghost kids, we have seen before. And I understand somebody reading the back of this case and thinking, been there, done that. Yeah. Don't. 
don't check this shit the out. Journey. It, yeah, the it, journey. The <laughs> journey on this one is so worthwhile. If there's a flaw, and I am saying if, it's mm-hmm. that there's some familiarity to it. But uh, watch it. Yeah. yeah, and certainly if you're like me and just getting into genre, yeah. this is a really good you know, one to put high on your list. another French movie here uh, and it is called Mutants yes the French film Mutants and it is directed by a man named David Morgan and I don't know him very well this is the only film of his that I have uh, had a chance to see um, this is one of these uh, zombie movies in disguise I was just talking with my friend Karen Giese about mm-hmm. 28 Days Later, and there's a whole contingent on the internet who get upset when you call 28 Days Later a zombie movie, because it's <laughs> not a zombie movie, it's a virus movie, and, uh. and uh, they're not undead, and you don't have to shoot them in the brain, they're people, they're just sick, they're not zombies. Uh, it's like people get, the template of zombies is so familiar, they just have to vaguely disguise it, but yeah. screw you guys, 28 Days Later is a zombie movie, it just is, we're just going to all have to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mutants is another case of this where there is clearly some sort of viral epidemic mm-hmm. and it's changing people and making them act out and be really super aggressive. It seems to be happening everywhere. We sort yeah. of, it's already out there. We sort of start in the middle of it. Um, but and the difference is they sort of mutate. They like look like these slimy, yeah. sharp-toothed golem creatures as they change. And the change seems to be a lot slower than you see in the zombie movies. Much, much slower. Uh, so, uh, but at its core, it is a zombie mm-hmm. movie in that people have to hide. People are being sieged. You don't know who to say if there's a war for supplies. Every it's a struggle for survival Mm -hmm. and everybody is having the struggle and we are watching this one pocket of humanity try to survive this apocalypse of sorts specifically this uh, protagonist and her uh, boyfriend who have taken shelter in i think what was an abandoned hospital or asylum in the middle of a fairly beautiful looking but bleak uh, at the same time winter landscape and he's clearly been bitten and he is clearly slowly deteriorating. And she herself, in an echo to a previous movie, is pregnant and not well, not healthy. Yeah. <clears throat> so she's desperate to survive. And she's scared both of the threats of the mutants, or I'm going to call them zombies, because that's just going to come out. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, gonna, they're zombies. Uh, these zombie mutant things uh, are a threat. And other people that she comes across have already proven themselves to be not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So... The fight for survival is she's made more vulnerable. Her husband's deteriorating, and she's got this bun in the oven that she's got to protect. (laughs) And uh, there's the illusion of safety in the solitude, but they couldn't have picked a creepier place to hide. It's like the classic horror movie template, you know? Shit's going down. Let's find the creepiest place (laughs) 
<laughs> that we can possibly let's go to the old Aladdin amusement park. You know, then you're 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 walking to your yeah. death. And anyway, um, such is the setup for mutants surviving in an isolated hospital. Zombies are attacking. What did you think? Why do people always go to hospitals in zombie? <laughs> when when the, it's like that's clearly where it will have start and spread the worst. You would so think. I, I was I was expecting a lot more. Dread around every dread corner. Dread around every corner. But that's that's not where the dread comes from. The dread comes when other people show up. This is a classic template with yeah. the zombie structure. I know you say relatively new to the, the genre. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're watching The Walking Dead. If you're not, you probably should be. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the idea is that the zombies are a threat, or the mutants are a threat. But if you've got some salt in you and you've got some survival skills... They are a survivable mm-hmm. threat. The, the the real danger is other people. Yeah. Uh, and that was established by George Romero in Night of the Living Dead, and you'll see it in almost any good zombie movie mm-hmm. that you find. So it's definitely present here. Uh, does it make it a good movie or not? Well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> the subplot where she, she says she's been bitten and she's okay, so she can use her own blood as an antidote, I was a little... I don't know. It seemed like hope-based science. Yeah. (laughs) Because she just wanted her husband to be better, but she did seem legit because she did get bitten and she did recover. So she's not lying. And uh, she would be an asset in this world. She would be an asset. I just didn't quite believe that the EMT would have the... The background to, to know that. make that well, maybe to, to know that and to know that she's an asset, but not the not necessarily the the, the chemistry or the science, the bi- microbiology chops to make it work. Right. Well, yeah, she does have some medical skills. Yeah. We know this, and she is able to defend herself when necessary. <laughs> we see her blow the head off of an adversary <laughs> quite early in the movie. We know she's capable of defending herself yeah. and. Uh, but like I say, it's she's a ticking clock. Uh, the, that sort of suspense of the the baby growing inside her and the deterioration and sort of the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Her husband's fading away while the baby is growing. Um, yeah, I, I understand the horror of it. This is typically, and I don't know if this is a complaint, but this is something I'm saying out loud, an element of a zombie movie. There's like mm-hmm. a, a whole group of characters and there's typically... A guy gets bit, or a girl gets yeah. bit, and then there's the boyfriend who just can't accept it, and is going to stick with them to the bitter end, even though they just know yeah. it's not going to end well. So like I say, this is typically a B-plot in your other zombie movies that gets a focus in this. I love the production value of this mm-hmm. movie. I love how creepy every hallway is, and you're right, you're expecting attacks around every corner. This isn't that. It sort of flares up. There's sort of shocking bits of violence, and things get quiet, and they unsettling and unsettling. And then a shocking burst of violence, but it's not around every corner. This is not wreck in that regard. I think that if they had more going on than just this B-roll storyline, that this would have been like an utterly epic zombie movie, Mm -hmm. because I love how much love has been put into the making of it. But because I'm a connoisseur of all things (laughs) zombies, and because I see a lot, a lot, a lot of zombie movies, I can't say there's anything in this movie, aside from maybe the look of the zombies, that I have not seen before, and quite a few times. And and even, you know, being newer coming in, I don't feel like it's 
treading a lot of new ground. No. And uh, that's not bad. I mean, I, like <laughs> I say, there's going to be another zombie movie next week about a group of survivors holed up in some place, and Larry will get around to watching yeah. it. Just like there will be another movie about a shark eating swimmers at a beach, and Larry will get around to watching it because it's just like, you chum the waters and we'll swim up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing wrong with being that another slasher movie or another ghost movie or another it's just like you sort of bring your own little piece to bear and i guess what this movie brought more than anything else what stands out about it is the production values um every set looks very well considered and uh the violence and sort of the visceral like horror aspect of the movie works really really well but the story is just familiar 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 yeah it's it's all it's all it's very it's like an Ikea, piece of Ikea furniture, where it's very nice, and it's all assembled very, very well, but it's not exciting. Mm. Yeah. I almost fall back on that. I, I, I'm sure I was guilty of it at one time. A lot of people are of giving movies automatically more credit because it's a quote-unquote foreign film. Yeah. We'll give it a pass, you know, <laughs> because it, it's a different culture. I'm, you know? I'm missing something in the in the cultural transition. There's a fairly fun Spanish zombie movie that could have been in this list called Juan of the Dead. I've it's, seen Juan of the there Dead. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's a fairly fun, engaging movie, but there's some like uncomfortable homophobic humor to yeah. it, right? But I give it a pass because it's yeah. just, you know, the, the, it's a... The, it's so much fun in it's so many other It's a fun, silly movie, you know, we'll just let it go, yeah. right? Uh, and I, I'm wondering if this isn't how I feel about mutants. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like it wants to be this epic, brilliant, super huge, awesome horror movie. Yeah. And it's a pretty good horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it start it starts well. It starts well with characters like making intelligent decisions and like the 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 uh, the army girl is like insisting, no, we can't try and save this person. We have to shoot them. We have to shoot them now. Yeah, yeah. it's. I think it started strong. Yeah, we establish our main character as completely able to defend herself. She's certainly not this hysterical save me, rescue me girl. She is our protagonist and the hero figure of the movie. But that being the case, I think that there's nothing that I didn't know that she didn't know when Mm -hmm. she arrived at the hospital. Her husband was going to turn and try to kill her. And other people were going to find this place and try to take it. And she doesn't take a lot of steps to except that her husband's going to change I guess we'll take that but to prepare herself and prevent these other people Um, and if she'd been bitten before and cured you'd think an intelligent person would realize how important he would be to the world and uh, (laughs) that maybe as dangerous as it might be finding if there's anything left of society that you can tether yourself to as opposed to driving random barren highways running out of gas uh, that could be a budgetary thing because they didn't have the money to show us the evil chaos of the cities mm-hmm. where everybody's overrun and there's mutants around it in every shadow, you know. But obviously this is a much more contained thing. They had this great location, yeah. and it is great. It is. And uh, that's where the bulk of the movie is. And they suck all of the, the atmosphere that they can out of it. But, yeah, like I said, familiar elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, well made, worth a look. But uh, I sort of felt like I was forgetting it a little bit while I was watching <laughs> it too. Yeah. Uh, again, and then sometimes I want that. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes you want a real big meal, something that you can 
duck into. And sometimes you just want something to watch that's not a test pattern, you know, the comfort of familiarity. Uh, This one, the hardest thing about it is that there's subtitles, but it is so beautifully shot. You could almost watch it with the sound off. And and the subtitles are... The subtitles are well done. I didn't notice any like real problems, yeah. and I know like just enough French to know if they've <laughs> done it wrong. So that was. Uh, and uh, it, 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 I'm comforted that I can say positive things about the other French movie because I felt like <laughs> I took like this huge hot wet shit all over. They came back and uh, uh, mutants. It's familiar, mm-hmm. but it's completely competent. I would watch another film directed by David Morley. Yes, I think the cast is talented. The production is great, and it definitely earns the reputation that the French has been getting for being able to knowing how to yeah. handle a horror movie. Uh, a lot of the times they're a little bit too, and I have a rich taste for this, a lot of times they're a little too harsh for my taste. Okay. The French are just like, they do violence almost too well sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, and th- that's actually true in this movie. The yeah. violence is quite extreme yeah. and believable. I mean, they look like uh, monsters. Yeah, but... the, the, the physicality is absolutely realistic, yeah. and that's... No, I'm, I'm a little bit of a stage combat junkie, so that makes me happy. Well, that's good. And, and this is something that I mean, and I don't, this might be a sensitive nerve to you, for you. <laughs> I, I, I like the, the Ripley character, the alpha female yeah. sort of defending herself and kicking ass. But if that's the case, if you're doing that, I have to believe that she's capable yeah. of defending herself against so This is the thing, like the Resident <laughs> Evil movies, and I know they're terrible and whatnot. She's this really beautiful girl, um, and uh, she's like 90 pounds soaking wet, and she punches a guy, and he like breaks through a wall, and I just don't believe the physics, the math of that Mm -hmm. just doesn't ring true to me. Um, They're really good at making me believe it in this scenario, that she is... Uh, she's small, but she's tough, yeah. and, and she's a scrapper, and that, you know, they're not, they're not faking it. She's not, she's not starting at the ladies' tea at the, <laughs> at the risk of being yeah. offensive. No, uh, no. she is all out. She is our protagonist, and she kicks ass throughout the film, and it's refreshing. Yeah. So we can like that about it. <laughs> <laughs> It does bother me when, like, yeah, all of a sudden this tiny no, girl I'm... child, like, is just capable of way more strength than has been demonstrated before. And that does happen in movies sometimes. A, yeah. a little bit often. Like, this is why superhero movies are getting really difficult for me to watch. Right. Because I want my action to be credible. Right. It doesn't, you know, it does, all of the math doesn't have to exactly work out, but I want it. I don't want to have to, like, leave my disbelief outside. I just want to put it on the seat next to me. I'll put it this way. I know nothing about physics, so I don't want to have to look at something and say, that's bad physics, because I shouldn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm recommending mutants, but I'm not falling over myself. Is that about where you are? I think so. It's like, if somebody... I'm not going to run around going, you have to watch Mutants. If somebody goes, hey, have you seen Mutants? I'm going to go, yeah, it's worth watching. Again, for my zombie people out there, and I know I've got listeners who are big on the zombies, Mm -hmm. if you like zombie movies, uh, this is one worth seeking out. Like I say, good production values, and it's French. You get a little little global zombie into into your library. Absolutely. Worth a look. It's not a bad movie. It's not amazing. Yeah.
basically other than their foreign films and that they could be called horror movies, there's not a lot in common with these, no. which makes them a little trickier to rank. Um, I yeah. did find, as I've often said, that my number one and number six kind of announced themselves, but the middle was kind of the middle. There's a yeah. lot to like in this group of movies. There is a so. lot to like in this group of movies, and it's, you know, for, for me, again, being fairly new to to getting into genre, it was, it was a nice, like, sampler. Yes. <laughs> um, and different. Yeah. They are very different in perspective, too. So, yeah. And oh, it's... That's a, it was good. I'm glad that yeah. you started there. I agree. Good choice. <laughs> um, what was your least favorite of the six movies, and why? Uh, for for me, my, my least favorite was Mutants. Okay. Um, you know, it was... And and this is this is a selection for me. There were no bad movies in okay. this. Uh, it was just it was the thing I, I felt was most uh, familiar. Um, I wasn't I wasn't terribly intrigued or surprised by it. So that's you know. And, and again, it washed up at number six. So be it. So it washed up at number six <laughs> because something had to. Uh, coming in at number five, they came back. The the least horror of these movies, but it was raising. It was more interested in in dealing with um, with issues and with you know how how we would not be at all prepared to to deal with um, regaining things that had been lost on a on a grand scale. Um, a it's, little, a little slow, a little arty, but I do like that it's something that, on its surface, you'd think that we'd want. I mean, how many people have lost someone and just would say, "I would do anything if yeah. you could bring this person back." Well, they came back, but so did everyone else. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just you, and it's not. It's never the same. It's not going to be how it was. It's not going to be. It's it's that thing where you get what you be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> you might get it. And it's, like all genies, not going to be. All right. Exactly. Number uh, four. So coming in at number four, Wreck 2. <laughs> I, it was such a blast of a movie, and I was, I was a little bit nervous about it, but it was f- so much fun. And, um, yeah, one of, those, one of those things where the, fa- the found footage, they really made it work, and they really knew what they were doing. And I respect it, and I would recommend it to people who like action movies. It's always good to recommend a movie with a number two on the t- at the end of the title. It almost <laughs> never happens. It almost never happens. I can't really say, you got to check out Exorcist 2. Yeah, everyone's seen Ghostbusters, but have you seen Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, yay. No, and, and absolutely stands on its own. Yeah. And that's, that's impressive. Impressive. Uh, coming in at number three, the orphanage. Um, solid storytelling. I got sucked along. I would I would recommend this for people outside of genre interest. You know, I would. It, it's so universal. Its themes are so human. Um, bring your hanky. Bring. Bring bring your hanky, have a have a hand to hold because it's it's heartbreaking and beautiful. Um, segues into my number two, also heartbreaking and beautiful, Pan's Labyrinth. Wow. 
this is, you know, I've, I've seen this movie three times now (laughs) and it's just as painful every time. And it's just as beautiful every time. Everything about it is holding up well. I, I often have that as a, as a problem with um, movies where the effects are integral. and They're absolutely integral to this. Yeah. And they're absolutely still as beautiful as they were the first time. And I want to watch more movies that Guillermo does. Cause well, I've got some. Just Devil's, a master. Devil's Backbone and Kronos, some of those older ones are really worth checking yeah. out too. Cool. Which brings us. Which brings us. To my my number one pick of a tale of two sisters. Wow. Um, this was this was such a mind blowing, confusing, gorgeous journey. <laughs> um, and I think you know, be again again bring your hanky. But I, I think I think a lot of more people need to go on this journey because it's very well respected. It's uh, it's like fifteen or sixteen years old now. But when it first came out, it did make a lot of ripples in the water. Um, but uh, yeah, if you missed if you missed the party, by all means, and, seek it out. And I I could not tell when this had been made. Yeah, like this had been made any time between like nineteen seventy five and last year. I want to say late nineties. I'm not hundred percent. You're probably on that. you're probably right. Um, but it's it's ageless. It's time. It's because it's about character and it's about um, it's about loneliness and it's about misunderstandings and it's just so it's got so much going on um, that it's I'm I'm really glad that I watched it and I will definitely want to watch it again in the future. Sweet. Well, let me know. It's always here. <laughs> well, um, then. I'm, I'm surprised and, and pleased with your list. I mean, I don't think we're going to have any fisticuffs, but no. I'm sad to report that there are no gifts uh, or no prizes going to be given out this week. <laughs> Someday we're going to find someone to go six to six with. I'm actually really considering if we if we go completely off board too, like if yeah. we match nowhere, I should make it a prize as well <laughs> because that's happened a couple of times. Yeah, and just give it. Then, then there's at least two chances to give out a prize because, <laughs> like, uh, I feel like this is a rigged game somehow. Matching six. <laughs> Six for six is tricky, um, but no, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have different lists here. Yeah. Okay, so coming in unsurprisingly, I'm guessing for you at number six <laughs> is uh, they came back. I think I, I I might have overstated my point with some enthusiasm when we were were talking about yeah. it. So I'm just gonna refer to the back of the 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 box here, the DVD case. Having returned to life, the living dead now cohabitate with the living. One morning, a small French city wakes up to discover groups of recently dead people walking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to illustrate here is that I never imagined I would be as bored as I was during a zombie movie as I was during this movie. And I did give it an honest second shake, and I do genuinely think that it is the least interesting movie of these six. Uh, There are a lot of people out there who will disagree with me, and they are free to do so. Uh, the beautiful thing about art is that we can, you know... Rank and review at Gmail. Tell me how full of shit I am. Please, <laughs> by all means. <laughs> yes. Uh, coming in at number five, I'm going to go back to Mutants. And I think we're on the same page here with this. I think it's really well made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that everybody involved is in the right line of work yeah. and should continue making movies, and I would like to watch them. 
uh, it's a mix of borrowed familiar elements. And if you're in the mood to watch something that goes down quick, like a happy meal, mm -hmm. this is that. Uh, the trickiest thing will be getting past the subtitles. And if you get past that, this is a completely adequate zombie feast. So, yeah. mutants. It's at number five, but don't let its placement uh, steer you away from yeah. it. Um, I'm shocked at how low on the list Rec 2 ranks with me, but it is at number four. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's fantabulous. Again, yeah. a completely solid sequel. I also love, love, love sequels that happen immediately mm -hmm. after the original. Like, uh, And like you say, you watched it without watching the original and we're still with it. So yeah. even though it starts right where the original finished, you can still bring anyone into it. Like I said, if I'm looking for something to bitch about, those kids coming in through the sewers with their own video camera yeah. is maybe one added element too many. But there's so much good in this movie. And, and that it, I, it brings you back after yeah. it throws you that. Right. And we did need more lands for the slaughter, so Damn. by all means. Um, so ranking at number three is where I put the orphanage. And I for, sort of flip-flop on, yeah. on three and two. Again, this has a lot of the thing we're talking about, mutants being very familiar. This does have a lot of those familiar elements, too. But instead of having the typical ghost story payoff, we just have the really tragic payoff, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and you can decide for yourself if Timon, if that ghost was, was or Thomas, sorry, was, was sinister or not. When he was saying that that boy was going to die, did he... Caused that boy yeah. to die, or did he just, just know? Because know. when you're dead, you're in the know for that. <laughs> Regardless, the fact that that happens to that little child is unbelievably tragic. And it's just not the payoff you want. And because you're expecting the other one, mm -hmm. the me emotional punch of the movie is strong. Yeah. But like I say, because it is familiar, I had to give a leg up to A Tale of Two Sisters, <laughs> which was going to land at number two. I do think, and again, this is probably a weakness of mine, uh, I like to know what I'm, or, or if I don't immediately understand the scene that I'm watching, mm -hmm. believe that somebody involved in the production does. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, I think about 85% of the time, I'm 100% with, that mo with yeah. this movie. There's 15% of the time that I'm confused, but... For that, that I will forgive entirely mm -hmm. for the couple of scenes that flat out terrified me, <laughs> that were like straight up horrifying, yeah. and for, like I say again, another tragic and emotional payoff at the end. But for my money, at number one, and number one for the bullet, and mm -hmm. what I assumed was going to be number one for you, <laughs> but we're still friends anyway, <laughs> is Pan Labyrinth, <laughs> because I, at the risk of hyperbolic statement making yeah. here i think this might be one of the finest fantasy films period i i don't think that's hyperbolic <laughs> <laughs> just like i know people love you know the fifth element or people love the star wars and the lord of the rings and even wizard of oz this is comparable in that canon yes. of fantasy and standing real high on the top of that heap, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> the creatures in it walk this amazing line that that is really Guillermo Tero's real gift. I mean, he's really good at storytelling mm -hmm. and he makes a, draw, paints a good picture, but he makes creatures that are at the same time horrifying and beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
it's all over Pan's Labyrinth, but it's even in the Hellboy movies. Yep. There's that weird angel prophet creature in Hellboy 2 that is just by itself. <laughs> it seems like it should be a movie in itself. Yep. It's just so wonderful. And the imagination packed into this movie. And the, if you'll forgive me, the kind of, the dolls, the kahunas of this movie, that it does kill the precocious little girl. It pulls no punches. It's the center of the movie, and it, as much as tells you that at the beginning. Yeah. Where do we start in this movie? With her death. With her laying there and blood dripping out of her nose. Like, it's not the ending we want, but we know that's where it's going. They tell us that Mm -hmm. right away, and it's, you still just, you, it's a slow motion car accident (laughs) that way, you know? But, uh, an emotional, visceral level, it really, it plays all those notes perfectly, and, uh, I had to, I had to put it at number one. Like I said, Pan's Labyrinth really, for me, announced itself as number one right away, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they they came back and announced themselves as number six. Uh, everything in the middle, uh, depending on the day, yeah. could be shuffled up or down. Uh, I think that those are the only two placements that I'm somewhat really? passionate about. Yeah. Um, the rest, like I say, I'm basically endorsing all of these movies, with perhaps the exception of They Came Back, mm-hmm. but I dropped the caveat that it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, like watch all of these movies do do watch all of these movies because they're they've all got their own thing to offer there there are no bad movies in this selection i find this is a weird analogy to make especially considering we're both theater folk but i find sort of global cinema kind of like theater yeah sometimes i have to talk myself into going but i almost never regret going yeah so if I turn anybody onto a new movie through this podcast, this has all been worth it. <laughs> Ashley Patch, is there anything that you would like to promote to the kids on the internet? Um, uh, keeping in mind, we're going to be in yeah. August when this is coming out. No, but, but uh, uh, the kids on the internet are on the internet, and uh, they can still certainly um, check out my... I'm I'm in. They can watch me do my acting uh, a... Uh, short web series called Daemons, which details what the seven deadly sins would be like if they were people. They can, uh, it's spelled D-A-I-M-O-N-S, and they can look it up on YouTube. Excellent. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again. I think I, I might have so. I might have talked you into that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think I took much talking. You see, you, well, and now you got my engine going because you said you, you're kind of new to the genre, and I'm like, yeah, any chance to corrupt somebody, <laughs> I, I will take it. So hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks a bunch. episode 22 of Rankin Review comes to an end. I hope you enjoyed that, and if you have any feedback to give me, I hope you decide to do so. You can do so at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-E-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Also, if you're into this Rankin Review thing, please seek us out on Facebook, seek us out on iTunes. Leave positive reviews, and most importantly, spread the word. Uh, I want more people to be listening to the podcast. Uh, it 
It's uh, a lot of work and a lot of fun, and the reward is knowing there are people out there listening. Thanks a bunch, you guys.